After this podcast was recorded and published, New York State passed legislation to legalize adult use recreational marijuana. Taylor Ventry, the guest on the episode, has drafted a legal alert that addresses the key impacts on New York State labor and employment laws as an update to what was discussed here on the podcast. You can access the alert from the episode show notes and subscribe for additional episodes and updates from Taylor. You're listening to the Harris Beach Podcast, a show that explores evolving issues in the law and how they shape organizations, the way business is conducted, and how we live and work. The information provided in this episode does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials are for general informational purposes only. Thanks for listening. Here's today's host. My name is Melissa Peterson, and I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm here with Taylor Ventry an attorney on Harris Beach's cannabis industry team, and our labor and employment practice. As the legalization of marijuana becomes increasingly likely in New York State, employers may have to carefully consider their screening and drug testing policies. We're going to explore these issues today. Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Thanks, Melissa. So to start, can you provide some background about federal and state marijuana use laws that apply to employment law? And knowing that New York State will possibly legalize marijuana for recreational use, what should employers consider or prepare for? Well, currently at the federal level, marijuana continues to be prohibited across the board. In fact, under the Federal Controlled Substances Act, marijuana is still categorized as a Schedule I drug, which means a drug that's considered to have a high potential for abuse and no currently accepted medical use and treatment in the United States. So despite the growing number of states that have legalized marijuana for medicinal purposes or for recreational use, it's technically still a federal offense to cultivate, manufacture, sell, purchase, possess, or use marijuana. It's worth noting though, um, on December 4th of 2020, the U.S. House of Representatives voted in favor of the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, which is referred to as the MORE Act. And this vote marks the first time in half a century that a Chamber of Congress voted on a bill which would effectively legalize cannabis at the federal level. So although the bill died, the fact that the bill passed in the House is pretty exciting and quite significant, and there is likely much more to come at the federal level in the near future. Now, also at the federal level, it's important to make note of the Federal Drug-Free Workplace Act. This law requires that most federal contractors and organizations with federal, excuse me, with federal grants maintain a drug-free workplace. The act imposes certain duties on employers covered by the act, such as creating a drug-free workplace policy, preparing a drug-free awareness program, and informing employees that as a condition of employment, they must conform to the employer's drug-free policies and report any criminal convictions for any workplace drug activity. Covered employers who do not comply with the act's requirements risk loss of their grant or federal contract, and they may lose the right to future grants or contracts. So the potential implications are pretty significant. Now, with respect to employment-related marijuana laws at the state level, New York State has a medical cannabis law called the Compassionate Care Act, which went into effect in 2014. The act allows patients who suffer from specific serious conditions 
who also have a condition clinically associated with or complication of the serious condition to be certified by a practitioner to receive medical marijuana products for medical use. Patients who are certified by their practitioners must then apply to the Department of Health and obtain a registration identification card, which they can then take to a state registered dispensary to purchase approved medical marijuana products. Being a certified medical marijuana patient is deemed to be having a disability under the New York State Human Rights Law, which is a law that prohibits discrimination in employment on the basis of certain protected categories, including disability. However, the Compassionate Care Act does not bar an employer from requiring that employees not be impaired by a controlled substance while performing their work duties. And in relation to what we talked about at the federal level, the Compassionate Care Act does not require an employer to take any action that would violate federal law or cause the loss of a federal contract or funding. It's also worth noting in 2019, a New York state law became effective, which decriminalized the marijuana possession. So it reduced the penalty for possession of small amounts from a misdemeanor to a violation. And it expunged many past convictions for marijuana use. So in the context of employment law, when a record has been expunged, an individual generally need not divulge any information to an employer about the arrest prosecution or disposition of the matter. It's worth noting that the law does not otherwise impact an employer's ability to prohibit marijuana use in the workplace or test employees or applicants for marijuana use. And lastly, at the state level, I wanna mention that in January of this year, Governor Cuomo announced a proposal, which he then updated in February, to legalize recreational use of cannabis in New York State. The proposal creates regulatory oversight of adult recreational use and generates an additional source of tax revenue. It also creates a new Office of Cannabis Management to specialize in cannabis regulation and oversee the state's medical, recreational, and hemp programs. Among other things, it also seeks to promote racial, ethnic, and gender diversity and include social equity opportunities to aid those communities disproportionately affected by the war on drugs. Now, if this is the year that New York legalizes recreational use, which it very likely will be, employers are going to have to adapt accordingly. Certain policies and procedures that employers will likely need to adjust after recreational use is legalized include those addressing pre-employment drug testing and the drug testing of existing employees, including the standards for drug testing employees, workplace discipline in relation to marijuana use, and workplace productivity and safety, among other things. While certain workplace policies and procedures may need to be modified, employers in New York State should feel at ease knowing that a significant, of a, a significant number of other states at this point have already legalized recreational use, and we can therefore look to how employers in these other states have approached these changes, and we can look to the policies and procedures that they've implemented. Regarding policies and procedures, and especially in terms of testing, screening, or assessing for impairment, 
What makes marijuana different from substances like alcohol, for example? Well, one major issue with drug testing for marijuana is that THC, which is the main active ingredient in marijuana, is extremely fat soluble and can remain in a person's body for weeks after use, even after impairment has worn off. So even if an employee uses marijuana outside of work on their own time legally, a drug test taken two weeks later could detect traces of the drug still in their system. On the other hand, alcohol is water soluble and it's typically out of the body within 24 hours after consumption. So that's a pretty significant difference. With that said, with respect to marijuana use, the key test for employers will really be whether the person appears to be impaired while at work. And the standard generally used to determine impairment is called reasonable suspicion. So, you know, whether the employer reasonably suspects that the employee is impaired. Another consideration is that while breath alcohol tests can confirm that an employee has consumed alcohol within the past 24 hours or so, at this time, there really is no equivalent breathalyzer test for marijuana, um, although great strides have been taken in this area recently. So I know you mentioned other states uh, have legalized marijuana and had to address these issues. From what you've seen in your Massachusetts practice, how has legalization in other states changed how employers are able to screen for marijuana use, and how might that shed light on how employers screen in New York? In Massachusetts, the recreational marijuana law does not limit the ability of employers to set or enforce policies which prohibit employees' use of marijuana at work, meaning employers don't have to permit marijuana consumption in the workplace. And it also doesn't affect the authority of employers to enact and enforce workplace policies restricting the consumption of marijuana by employees. So with legalization of recreational use in mass, and you know this will be applicable to New York employers as well, it became very important for employers to be able to identify the signs of impairment from marijuana consumption during work hours. And to have a workplace policy which identifies the signs and behaviors that give rise to reasonable suspicion of impairment, that standard we just discussed. Um, so generally speaking, when employers are testing only for impairment, they should be trained and they should train their managers and supervisors on the ways to reasonably observe when someone is working under the influence. So testing based on reasonable suspicion could be prompted by a number of observations, including um, some of the main ones are strong odor, questionable movement, twitching or staggering, dilated or watery eyes, flushed, confused, or blank facial expressions, um, sleeping, or otherwise being non-responsive, blurred speech or inability to verbalize, or argumentative or irritable behavior. Now, if an employer has a reasonable suspicion that an employee is impaired, then the employer should explain to the employee what has been observed and you know, just as an, as an aside, the policy should also outline the way in which the employer will handle employees who they reasonably suspect are impaired and the next steps that the employer will take, including any disciplinary actions. 
so that way the employer can point to the policy and, and tell the employee, you know, here's what we've seen and here are the next steps. That makes sense. I mean, alcohol is legal, but you can't show up to work under the influence. So. With potential legalization of recreational marijuana, employers may have questions about how to handle screening for medical marijuana users. Can you talk about some things employers may need to be aware of? Sure. As we discussed earlier, under the New York State Human Rights Law, employers are prohibited from discriminating against employees who are certified medical marijuana patients. With that said, however, the New York State Compassionate Care Act does not bar an employer from requiring that employees not be impaired by a controlled substance when performing their work duties. So, like we just talked about, an employer should really have a solid policy in place outlining the behaviors that, when observed, lead to a reasonable suspicion of impairment, and employers, managers, and supervisors should be trained to be familiar with this policy as well. Because certified medical marijuana patients are considered to be members of a protected class, employers should take caution with respect to disciplining employees for marijuana-related issues. And employers facing situations where an employee who is a certified medical marijuana patient appears to be impaired in the workplace should, to be safe, seek advice from counsel early on so that the appropriate decisions are made and to further avoid the risk and cost of potential litigation. And Harris Beach can certainly help employers navigate through these types of situations. Absolutely. We're always monitoring these situations, especially as developments occur. Is there anything else you'd like to add or something we didn't cover today? No, I think that um, we've covered a good initial background on this, and I just want to thank you very much for having me on today. You're welcome. We thank Taylor for joining us today. For more information about how Harris Beach can help you navigate the changing cannabis landscape, especially related to labor and employment, visit www.harrisbeach.com cannabis. Thanks for listening to the Harris Beach Podcast. Be sure to visit harrisbeach.com to join the conversation and access show notes. Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast.